it's just a spitballing episode, and there's really not much happening. We are going to go over some news and talk about some NFL camp stuff. He's definitely not the dude for me. I I think he's going to get canned after this year if they don't make playoffs. He's not ready to start week one. Give it to Andy Dalton. So few words, never spoken so many words at one time. Then when a reporter asked, you know, is this a great opportunity for Mac Jones to take over the starting job? And Bill, Bill Belichick just responds, yes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the WNP Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mitchelson, and joining me today, as always, my co-host, Chase Crawshaw. Chase, how you doing? I am doing quite swell today, thank you for asking. Um, just kind of chilling, you know. We got an interesting episode coming up here, for, uh, that's for sure it's a way to put it, so just ready to get going. Yeah, it's just a spitballing episode, and there's really not much happening. We are going to go over some news and talk about some NFL camp stuff, but really... The big games for the NFL, they don't start for another uh, three weeks. We've got preseason this week, and then the following week we have a break, and then we get into the big games with college football. They do start this Saturday. However, they're not really big games. I mean, they're headlined by, I think it's Illinois and Nebraska and Hawaii and UCLA. And then the following week, the first weekend of September, we get into some really big games with Georgia, Clemson, and so on. So this is kind of the down week. This is the week where there's not really too much to talk about, but there is stuff always happening in the NFL world. So we are going to be talking about a couple of different things. We're going to be looking at the Sony Michelle trade first. After that, we're going to be talking about some of the starters that were named recently in the NFL. I also want to talk about the five rookie quarterbacks, talk about our thoughts when they should start, if not right away, uh, when will that be, and then... If we lead into some Lions and Bengals stuff, I'm not really going to be able to help that because those are our teams. But we'll start with the Sony Michelle news, Chase. Uh, First round running back out of the University of Georgia. He had a lot of promise when he was coming in, but really couldn't find his footing in New England. He gets shipped over to the L.A. Rams. It makes sense. They lost Cam Akers. But at the same time, Sony Michelle... Seems kind of like a Daryl Henderson. I, I feel like it's just two average backs that do the same thing. So does it make sense to you? Do you like it? Do you not like it? What are your thoughts? I mean, figures it happen at some point. It was pretty clear that the Rams wanted another option at running back. It you know it seems like they don't love Daryl Henderson for a reason. Don't want to commit to him. So it, it's not too surprising. Um, you know, I thought maybe they would have just waited till final cuts and then add somebody for week one. But instead, they go out and get their guy in Sony Michelle, who the Patriots have been shopping since April. Uh, I mean, Sony Sh- Michelle, he should have never been a first-round pick, honestly, in the first place. You know, even in his like, draft year, it was a bit of a reach to me. Um, he ended up working out well for the Patriots. Whether he actually, like, he, I know he clearly never reached, you know, the first-round pick type of ceiling, but he helped the team win a Super Bowl. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter what you do. If you win Super Bowls, then you're doing the right thing. So um, I, I don't think he's very special. I, I do kind of think that it's just going to be um, really just the Rams trying to keep touches like minimized between all their backs. So Daryl Henderson, I think still gonna be their main guy. Um, I think Sony Michelle's, you know, probably like a hundred touch type of guy. Uh, maybe Xavier Jones, Jake Funk working there too. 
but I don't really expect it to be like a super heavy workload for him. And I, you know, I, I don't expect like a massive drop off for Henderson either, but I also didn't expect a massive like increase with uh, acres gone too. So, so I don't know really at the end of the day, it just kind of seems like just, you know, bolstering a little bit more depth, which they were going to do anyway. And just kind of like bringing in an extra insurance plan. And the return's not crazy. A 2022 sixth and a 2023 fourth. There's been a lot of talk about the situation with Sony Michelle being brought in. I saw, I think it was Kyle Yates saying this really isn't going to affect Daryl Henderson whatsoever. However, Jake Funk, Xavier Jones, it will affect them. So adjust accordingly. And then I saw, I don't remember if it was Schefter or Rappaport. One of them tweeted out that Sony Michelle will be the lead back for the Rams, which I didn't really expect that. So I, I feel like this is kind of a backfield. Similar to the Patriots, where I don't really want anyone in the Patriots' backfield except Damian Harris. Now you got to give him a little bit of an uptick, so maybe you favor him a little bit more in fantasy drafts. But this is a backfield overall I'm not super interested in owning because Stafford coming in, you got to guess there's going to be a little bit more of a pass-heavy emphasis. And then with two or three backs all trying to get a workload, I'm not very interested. Yeah, I I feel what you're saying there. Um you know, it, it's better for like, NFL purposes than it is for fantasy purposes. You know, it, it's like what the Rams are going to be doing with Stafford now at quarterback. Um, you know, he, he still will look for dump offs and, and short and shorter type of throws, but he's, you know, going to be stretching the field more often than Goff will. So it's not like the running backs are going to, you know, get a ton of targets. And then up in New England, it just paves the way for, you know, some sort of Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, J.J. Taylor type of committee. I, you know, those are going to be like the three main guys at the end of the day uh, that are actually like running the ball. Damian Harris will get the main, you know, work. But Ramondre Stevenson's been looking really good in preseason thus far and has, has really impressed me. So I figure he's going to find his way into the field, too. So, it, it, you know, in terms of like actual, you know, NFL standards, it definitely works out for both teams a lot more than it does in any fantasy aspect. Hey, I'm just excited because we've talked about how talented the upcoming running back classes are coming out of college football. I think these committee backfields, if you bring in guys like Bijan and Tank Bigsby and Zach Evans and other guys that are just amazing these committee backfields might start to disappear, and I really hope they do for fantasy's sake because right now it feels like there's, what, maybe 18 to 22 relevant running backs that you're confident being able to play in a flex or anything, but then you move into your David Johnson's and Philip Lindsay's where you're like, okay, well, there's some question marks around that. We just talked about how the Patriots and the Rams kind of have that now as well as Buffalo. They're kind of up in the air. So I hope that the committee backfield starts to disappear with the upcoming talent. But talking about fantasy chase, I have Sony Michelle in my dynasty league and I got a, a, a trade offer immediately right when it happened. So that was fun. However, I did not expect that when I countered this person wouldn't answer our league does have a couple players like that. However, this player not answering very rare, very unlikely. Okay, Giuseppe. Exactly. Yeah. He, he, he sent me a trade and I countered it and then I texted him and I said, hey, I countered your trade. He goes, all right, I'm getting off in 20 minutes. I'll take a look at it. That was last night. I have not heard anything since. He's been doing this a lot more recently where like he'll send me something and I'll respond immediately with the counter and he just won't look and I text him. It's like, oh, dude, like, I literally responded immediately. What are you going to do something here? And he's like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about it. I'm like, well, then just 
like if you don't, don't want to do it, just decline it. Why, 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 why are you looking at it? I know, you're, I know there's a good chance to listen to here, Zap, so I'm calling you out right now. Uh, just freaking decline it if you don't like it. So are we saying, and if Giuseppe is listening, this is going to be great. Are we saying Giuseppe is the new Cam? Pretty much. <laughs> uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I don't know if he was like interested or just ended up not looking at all, but it would be really cool if I was able to get Sony Michelle off the team and uh, do this type of package. So uh, fuck it. I'll just tell you. So there we go. I, I get DeAndre Swift and Irv Smith. He gets George Kittle, Sony Michelle, and a second round pick. So that's how that would go. Obviously, Sony Michelle, probably the weakest link in that trade, but uh, George Kittle, a very strong piece. So, and I threw what, in a second. So, what was the initial offer? Uh, he offered me two seconds for Sony Michelle. He offered you two seconds for Sony Michelle? Yes, sir. Oh my God. I would, I would have smashed, except I wouldn't even tried with this counter. Well, see, I'm trying with the counter because it, look at how many picks I have already. I have so many picks. I have nine first-round picks in the next two drafts. The, I, the possibility that Sony Michelle is the true lead back is not exciting enough, or the two seconds isn't exciting enough for that possibility to possibly come to fruition. So that's why I was like, all right, let's just see if we can get a counter. It seems like he's pretty high on him, so we'll send it, him in a package deal to get something I actually really want. So that's what I mean, uh, if that... If that happens, good for you, but, like, I, I, I don't know. I, All right, just I don't happy. Don't listen now. Don't listen. All right, go yeah, I don't, I, I, don't think, I don't think he'll be accepting it. Just based, I don't know. He, he was weird with, like, Kittle and, and the other trade that we the three or two we were talking about. He was like, like why am I, like, skeptical skeptical about Kittle? I'm like, I, I, I don't know. It's a great question. Why are you? Yeah, I sent him a text when you sent that trade when I had when I was on the toilet. I, we're on Xbox, and I'm like, one sec, Chase, gonna go use the bathroom. And I text uh, Giuseppe. I said, hey, if you want Kittle and you're giving up DeAndre Swift, then give me DeAndre Swift. I'm not into Chase's random first-round picks. And he goes, I was sad you didn't send me an offer. And I'm like, well, I'll get one working. And there it is. There you go. All right, well, let's talk about some quarterbacks now. Newly named starters. The Broncos named Teddy Bridgewater the starter. The Jags named Trevor Lawrence the starter. Let's start with the Broncos situation first. This is a situation that I think we expected before preseason, but then once preseason started, it seemed like Drew Locke, at least in my mind, it seemed like Drew Locke was the better quarterback through their first two games, but they decided to go the Teddy Bridgewater route. What are your thoughts? Well, I would say Drew Locke was better in the first game. Second game, he did, you know, fine enough. But, like, Teddy played really well on based on all accounts. And he's the quarterback that's not ever going to lose you a game. So that's, you know, kind of, you know, the rationale here. Drew Locke has been the quarterback. He has lost the Broncos a lot of games. Um, how many games has he won them? You know, not that many. They haven't been as successful as a team with him at the helm. So I'm not surprised by this at all. I thought Teddy Bridgewater was going to be, like, or at least should have been the starter going forward. You know, I thought there was a chance that Drew Locke maybe could start started the year. And then quickly been phys- like phased out, but I, I had a feeling Br- Teddy Bridgewater would be there at some point. Um, you know, when you bring in a new quarterback and you name him the starter, usually there's not a whole lot of going back. You ride with that guy unless things get really bad. And I can't imagine things ever getting really bad with Teddy. Things are going to kind of just be like status quo. If the defense plays well enough, they're going to be able to win a couple games. But their ceiling is still going to be capped regardless who's that quarterback. So. I'm not surprised uh, that Teddy Bridgewater is the starter. He's the guy I probably would have picked as well, but it does eliminate some you know potential upside for the team. Yeah, and the thing is, you talked about Drew Locke. He can lose you games. 
This preseason, he had zero turnovers, which is phenomenal. That's something that he's had to work on. Just like Daniel Jones over in New York, he needs to work on the turnovers too. So that lose-you game's ability wasn't seen through the first two games. And when it comes to the second game, Bridgewater did perform slightly better. He was 9 for 11, 105 yards, one touchdown compared to Drew Locke's 9 for 14, 80 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. So that's not a big enough difference to me compared to the preseason game week one where Drew Locke went off. He was probably the best player in preseason week one amongst all the games. So I felt like if if it's close, if it's a close competition, and I haven't been paying close attention to camp, he might be awful in camp, but if it's close, I would much rather give it to the guy that has potential to get you to to win you games. Like you said, Drew Locke can lose you games. Teddy Bridgewater, he's not going to win you or lose you games. If it's close, why not give it to the guy who has the potential to win you those games if you're confident in your defense, where if he does have some screw-ups, the defense will be okay. I don't know. I just felt like the bigger arm, the younger player, the more upside. Give me that, especially because, in my opinion, he's looked better through the preseason. You know, I have an easier solution to this whole problem. Want to hear it? Uh, Of course. Just go back in time and draft Justin Fields. That's fair. Like, like, come on. Like, I I love Patrick Sertain. He's going to be a fantastic cornerback. He's already been playing fantastic. He's going to be great. He's going to be in contention for rookie of the year, 100%. And cornerbacks aren't normally those type of guys. Patrick Sertain sure as hell will be. But at the end of the day... Justin Fields level type of quarterback in this offense combined with that defense makes them an immediate playoff team. It just flat out does. It doesn't matter what growing pains he has. They will be a playoff team because it just adds a whole nother dynamic to this team that just does not exist now, no matter which one you start a quarterback. It's just so stupid. They have a good enough corner room without certain. I just, I, I will, I will never ever, ever accept that decision. It was such a poor move. I did recently see something, and we can talk about this later on when we talk about all five rookies. Should they start? Should they not? Etc. Um, I did see someone today say that Justin Fields is not ready to start, but we'll get to that later. Um, we've talked about it. Certain pick, kind of confusing. It made us think, okay, they're going after Aaron Rodgers. So if we go back in time, and they do that again, make sure the deal gets done. So either Fields or make sure the deal gets done. If they drafted Sertain with no possibility of getting the Aaron Rodgers deal done, I don't get it. I don't. It doesn't make sense. Not at all. But Sertain, he has looked pretty good in the preseason. So I'm sure Broncos fans, they're a little less sour on the fact that they took him over Fields because he has looked so good. But uh You know, we can't go back in time. It's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. I think that uh, hopefully Drew Locke gets another chance because like Graham said in his hot take, this is the year Drew Locke blows up. This is the year that Drew Locke becomes the quarterback everyone wants him to be. So shout out to my boy, Graham. No. (laughs) Now, Graham, remember this because the last couple of hot takes and debates, you've always been siding with Chase, which is stupid. You should always side with me. But let's now move on to the rookie quarterbacks. We'll start with Trevor Lawrence. He was named the starter of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I want to know your thoughts on this, Chase. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Is it something that you didn't pay attention to whatsoever because you knew it was coming? What are your thoughts? My thoughts is that they should fire Urban Meyer because he's just a terrible coach. We've seen that so far in the preseason and through training camp. Is that the answer you're looking for? No, not at all because, I mean. (laughs) Well, all right. 
but like it, it, it is it is true though no sh- like no shit trevor lawrence is gonna start week one he was the first overall pick who is a borderline generational talent if not generational talent best quarterback prospect since andrew luck he's clearly gonna start like him and gardner Minshew. i like gardner Minshew and thinks he and think he's going to be a starting quarterback in the nfl but it's night and day. There's just, it's no different. There's no way to compare those two guys. Trevor Lawrence is a significantly better football player. He clearly was going to start day one. Watching the shit that they're doing in preseason, you know, watching a Daryl level, Daryl Bevel led offense. We watched it here in Detroit. It was incredibly underwhelming. Watching it here now and with Jags, it's incredibly underwhelming. They've got all these different tools. I know ETN's out now, but you still have a LaVisca Cheneau, who's a jack of all trades type of guy. James Robinson, Carlos Hyde are solid running backs. They have a great receiving core. They have all these things in place to get a little creative and do some fun things. But like instead, it just looks so bland. It looks bad. It looks like they don't know what they're doing. It's such a horrible, horrible hire. I hated the hire at the time. I hated the hire now. The fact that you're trying to play these mind games, coaching tr- tricks as coach speak. Oh, we don't know if he's going to start week one. Yeah, you Yeah, you do. You, you knew from the second you drafted me starting week one. Don't give me that shit. I mean, it is preseason. So the creativity on offense, I don't. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt because I'm not. There is, I mean, when did he come in? April, May? No. And like when he, when did he get hired as coach? Yes. Like January or February. Okay. And then he wasn't able to get his quarterback and his team until all COVID protocols and everything was happening. So you start camp May, brand new coach. Um, I'm trying to think, how are the Jets looking? They got a new coach. Are they looking phenomenal? I haven't watched a second of their, of their film, so I don't know. I've I've heard much better things out of the Jets camp than I have out of the Jags camp and seen out of the Jags camp. The thing is, for me, when you name Trevor Lawrence starter right now compared to at the beginning of the year when you draft him, it looks worse because you can blame it on offensive creativity. You can blame it on some poor offensive line play, which I've seen quite a bit in the Jags games. You can blame it on, you know, so many outside factors. But the fact of the matter is, C.J. Beathard has been the best quarterback for the Jags during preseason. C.J. Beathard. Trevor Lawrence has yet to have a touchdown. Like, well, C.J. Beathard's a solid, a solid quarterback. Yes, I agree. But the fact that you're naming Trevor Lawrence as the starter after two preseason games where he was arguably the worst quarterback on the roster in those two preseason games. You could argue him or Gardner Minshew because those are the only three quarterbacks that have played, Minshew, Beathard, and Lawrence. The fact that you're naming him the starter after this poor play is what frustrates me. Like, I agree with your point that we knew he was going to be the starter from day one, so why not just announce it then? Because now looking at it, it looks worse. It looks like you're not paying attention to what's happening on the field. Because Trevor Lawrence has not looked like this world-breaking talent, has not looked like this great quarterback. And again, you can blame outside factors, but I think overall, when you name him the starter this late after some decent at best performances, it makes it look bad. Yeah, at the end of the day, he has not looked bad enough to, to like bench him. He hasn't looked you know anything special, but he's looked far from bad enough where he just flat does not deserve the start when he has his you know like pure talent that he does have. And with, with the draft capital coming in, so like he, he's going to be that dude coming in clearly. And when you're looking at the offense that's being run when he's in there, I don't know like what the deal is. I, I remember there's two different third down plays where um, like it was very clear that Marvin Jones was the first read on the play. It was and they were like third and 10 plus. And Marvin Jones is like they're making him force feed him the ball three yards downfield and he gets immediately tackled. You know that I that could be a Trevor Lawrence 
you know, read, I guess, at the end of the day. But when you look at the routes that are like running that type of play, it's clearly just, you know, a lack of creativity, a lack of vision. So you just thinking you can get this quick dump off and maybe get upfield real quick. It's not taking a chance. And you got a talented quarterback like that. You got this receiving room. You got to take chances. I don't care if preseason or not. Uh, they need to give Trevor Lawrence every opportunity to succeed and every opportunity to just really stretch out his abilities. And I just don't think he's been given that in preseason. So week one, if they can figure that out and change things around, I think he'll look significantly better than he's looked in preseason. And then if he doesn't, then shit, you got to figure something out. I don't know who's play calling for the Jags right now. I don't know if it's Urban Meyer or if it is Bevel, but we know from being in Detroit that Bevel not great. Uh, we know that Bevel had the infamous Super Bowl play where they decided to throw the ball instead of run with Marshawn Lynch. Bevel just doesn't seem like the most creative play caller. So if that's the case, that he is the one calling the plays, then that would make a lot of sense. If it is Urban Meyer, then he's got to realize that the NFL is not college football and he has been out of college football for about two years now. So interesting to see that develop. We'll get into some other quarterbacks. But first, we have a trade to announce. The Ravens are trading rookie corner Sean Wade to the Patriots for a seventh round pick in 2022 and a fifth round pick in 2023. Sean Wade, the former standout out of Ohio State, he has looked pretty good in preseason. He wasn't drafted very highly because his last year was pretty brutal. However, like I said, looked pretty good in preseason. I think if there is a team that can put all of his talents to the best possible use, it's going to be the Patriots. So I love this trade. I liked him in the Ravens system. Um, I was happy he ended up there because I, I was a bigger fan of him than most coming out of college because I've seen that ability before. And really where he struggled is doing a lot more of this, um, you know, like man one-on-one type of coverage. He, he's better. And, you know, if he's using more of like a safety type of back or, you know, maybe used in the slot, that's where he's better off when he's just, you know, playing true like coverage corner. That's where he struggles a little bit. And he, he's looked a little better in that aspect in the pros. And he's looked better because he's been used in those situations where he has been better in college. So, you know, I was happy with him in the Ravens, but also going to the Patriots, it's a similar type of, you know, like defense. He's going to be able to play a similar type of role where he does have this, you know, potential to shine. So it's a good move. You're not giving up too much draft capital. Um, and you, I mean, you pretty much like you, you got draft picks in for Sony Michelle. And move, you move him out for a young promising Sean Wade. I have no issue with this at all. Yeah. And I don't remember if Sean Wade was a sixth or a seventh round draft pick, but the Ravens, they make up exactly what they paid for him. And I saw a tweet talking about the trade that, the Ravens' corner room is so stacked, they don't need him. So, yeah, it would have been a great situation for Sean Wade to be in that system, but at the same time, would he even be able to see the field because of how deep the room is? So, loving the trade. I thought we could announce that uh, real quick and talk about it, but we'll move back into quarterbacks. Let's talk about the second quarterback off the board, Zach Wilson. Um, This is a guy that I really liked when watching film. And I had a lot of hope for coming into the NFL. He goes to the Jets, something that I think all of us saw coming. Well, once he got into that Jets system, a lot of the excitement around him kind of tapered off. He's with the Jets. Is he going to be able to succeed? I don't know. This could be another Darnold situation. What's going to happen? I feel like Zach Wilson, he has been arguably the best rookie quarterback in preseason this year. He has had some amazing throws. I think that the lack of talk about him 
is kind of disappointing. I'm hearing more about Mac Jones than I am Zach Wilson, and I think Zach Wilson has looked better. So I am super excited to see him. He's going to get the start day one. Uh, I don't know if that's been announced yet, but it's obvious because there's really no one else there. But Zach Wilson, very exciting to see what he can do. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Um, it's a unique offense, I should put it that way. Uh, this running back room is kind of underwhelming. So, you know, in, in terms of guys who can up off your hand off to, We'll see if, if one guy can, you know, kind of step up and take take the plate. I don't think it's going to be the case. I think it's going to be kind of a committee where all the guys are just, you know, hardly effective. So it's really going to be a lot on Zach Wilson uh, trying to win games himself as a rookie. And it's not easy to do as a rookie quarterback, but he does have special ability. You know, you're, you were talking about it. I do think he's a very good quarterback as well. This was a pretty special quarterback class. So, you know, with, with his receiving options, Corey Davis, he's been hyper-targeting him. You know, Elijah Moore's clearly got a lot of talent, and it's like a, a good fit with Zach Wilson. So I, I am excited to see it going forward to see what happens. Um, I am probably a little less optimistic than you are because I, I think there's going to be a lot of growing pains, kind of like there's going to be in Jacksonville, too. But um, it, it's definitely going to be something worth watching, worth keeping an eye on. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's going to be similar to a Bengals situation last year where it's not going to be a phenomenal offense, but it's going to be an exciting one to watch. You know, they're going to have your yeah. your three and outs that you're disappointed in. But then there's going to be some plays where like. Holy shit, Zach Wilson is good. So I'm excited for that. I'm also in love with the offensive line, what they've been able to do to really turn that thing around. Makai Becton and Elijah Vera Tucker really being the two pieces that are going to headline that offensive line for many, many years to come. Moving on to the third quarterback taken off the board, Trey Lance, your love out of San Francisco. Kyle Shanahan, Jimmy Garoppolo both interviewed yesterday. The media asked Kyle Shanahan, do you know who's going to be the starter? Do you have an idea? And he said, we've got a pretty good idea. And then they asked Jimmy Garoppolo a similar situation. He said, yeah, I've got a pretty good idea. I'm very comfortable with my situation right now, grinning ear to ear. So it feels like Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be the starter. If that's the case, when do we see Trey Lance? I want to preface this by saying, I mean, it's pretty obvious that he was going to be the starter. Um, if he was on the roster, like Trey Lance just wasn't going to overtake him right away because there is, you know, growing pains not after playing last season. Uh, still, you know, adjusting to the game. He's a Josh Allen type of quarterback. I think that if you threw him in to week one, I think he would be able, you know, to like, to like hold off his own. But I don't think he's going to hurt it all from sitting. So this is not surprising. I do think it's only a matter of time, though. Uh, you know, the fantasy footballers talk about it. There's a statistic top 15 drafted quarterbacks. Uh, most are in by week three. Uh, it's like 18 out of 22 or something. And a couple of the exceptions include Jerry Goff, for whatever reason, sitting till you know, week eight, nine, whatever the hell it was. That's just because Jeff Fisher trying to bring big brain everybody. And then uh, Patrick Mahomes, you know, he was behind Alex Smith, who was having a borderline career year for him. And uh, Patrick Mahomes gets to go in kind of the end of the season there. So, and actually the other one was Ryan Leaf too. And that, you know, that one didn't work out. But um, regardless, he's going to get in at some point in the season. There's just pretty much no chance that he doesn't. I think it will be sooner than later. I think he ends up playing more games than Jimmy Garoppolo does as a starter. Um, I'm going to say, you know, the week five to six range is probably where it happens unless things, you know, come crashing early, which if they come crashing early, then Trey Lance might be in week two, because if they lose to the Lions week one, week one with Jimmy G as a starter, he is never playing another down for the freaking 49ers. I would bet a lot of money that that wouldn't happen just because the defense alone can shut down that whole Lions team. Um, but I love that the epitome of seven and nine, Jeff Fisher tried a big brain, obviously didn't work out. Jared Goss for a year. Absolutely horrendous, but I did want to go over the schedule, Chase. So for me, I think that the Lions, Eagles, those are both starts for Jimmy Garoppolo for sure because, as we know, Jimmy Garoppolo seems like he's going to be the starter week one. 
They're going to get that win. Why change for week two? Week three, I assume the same. That's where it gets a little iffy. If they lose big in week three, then maybe you look at week four. I don't think he would get the start, but maybe bring him in halfway through if they're down to the Seahawks. Uh, if they lose like three in a row, that would be the perfect time to bring him in. Bring him in. Week six is their bye week. You can train him up during that week. Bring him in week seven. However, it's against the Colts. That's a hard opponent. They have a top five defense. So I, I think overall, it's going to be a little bit later than we think. I don't think it's going to match that three week um, top fifteen pick that you were mentioning. But I do think we see him in action at least in the first like 10 weeks. So yeah, definitely agree. You, you don't spend, you know, like you don't trade up what you do and then spend third overall pick on a quarterback for him to just like kind of sit and not get that opportunity. So he's going to get it at some point this year. hundred percent. I would say unless Jimmy Garoppolo goes big. I mean, I yeah. think it's very possible. We could see a Patrick Mahomes type of situation. If Jimmy Garoppolo is playing really well, uh, if he's not, we could see him coming early, but I think, when you look at the average Jimmy Garoppolo play, we might be looking at a week seven start for Trey Lance. So I guess that'll be my prediction for now, and we'll have to see what pans out. But moving back over to Justin Fields, Chase, I said that I saw today someone come out and say he's not ready to start week one. Give it to Andy Dalton. And no, it wasn't Matt Nagy. It was someone else. So I think that's a little bit surprising because the fans during this past preseason game, they were screaming, we want fields, we want fields. And I do too. I think Justin Fields is better than Andy Dalton already. I want to see him now. Yeah, I mean, I would love to see Justin Fields as well, but we all kind of know that it's going to be Andy Dalton's start. Uh, based on what I saw, you know, he he shows definitely a lot of flash and promise um, from what we saw in the first two weeks. He... He, he made this quote, you know, a couple weeks ago, I think it was maybe just even more than maybe like two months ago, where he said in the NFL slower than he thought it was going to be, then he got rocked. And I think that was kind of a wake up call for him. So I think he's going to be, you know, a little more humble, a little more um, aware of what's going on, on on the field. So I think he could start week one. I, I think, you know, those first two weeks, he kind of learned a lot, got a lot of his system. Taking that big hit, I think just alone is enough to kind of, you know, wake up and make you realize what you're in for and stuff. Um, just based on, you know, his running ability, the big throws that he did make, he just got to kind of fine tune things a little bit, uh, calm himself down, make sure he just processes everything the right way. And he could have success week one, but Andy Dalton's going to be the, di- be the guy. It's a little annoying, but we all expected it. And we were up North when we were watching the bears most recent preseason game. And we were all falling asleep during the first half. We had to bust out some drinks, bust out some games. But then once Justin Fields came in, it was a whole different ball game. It was exciting to watch. So I'm hoping we see Justin Fields sooner than later. I think that, Unlike Trey Lance, and you can argue this if you want, unlike Trey Lance, I think Justin Fields is ready to start week one. I, I I think he just needs a little bit more time to learn the system. I'm also just not too confident in the system. I'm not a Matt Nagy guy. No, no, no. Neither of us are. Alec is the Matt Nagy guy. Um, he's definitely not the dude for me. I I think he's going to get canned after this year if they don't make playoffs. Um or if they just wait too long to switch to Justin Fields, they might can during the year, to be honest. He could have been canned, but he did draft Justin Fields to save his career. So we'll see if that happens. But finally, Mac Jones. Cam, he's going through more COVID protocol, more COVID exposure situations. So this whole week, Mac Jones is getting QB1 reps. Is this going to be the QB1 once week one comes around? Or is Cam still going to presume the role? 
it actually might be because Mac Jones has played well. Uh, Bill Belichick was talking about oh, this is a great opportunity for him. You know, he, so few words, never spoken so many words at one time. Then when a reporter asked, you know, is this a great opportunity for Mac Jones to take over the starting job? And Bill, Bill Belichick just responds, yes. Like that right there shows that Mac Jones is truly in that spot where he has, you know, played at least at their expectations, maybe even better where he might be able to take Cam Newton over right away. Uh, this kind of feels like a Tyrod Taylor situation and uh, with Chargers last year, you know, Tyrod has to get pulled out of the game, not because of his own doing, but, you know, because of kind of, a, a, you know, a team doctor just stabbing him in, in the lung or whatever. Cam Newton, it's, you know, a, a mix up in the NFL uh, COVID protocol stuff. He went to a, a team doctor like it was approved by the team. But something happened where, you know, it was against the protocol. So he has to sit out now and he might lose a job because of that. Um, if that's the case, and Mac Jones plays really well with these starters, you know, that I, I don't know what the reaction is going to be from Cam or whatever, but it could be an issue. And I do want to clarify, if you are completely unaware of the situation with the L.A. Chargers, a doctor didn't just come in, take a knife and stab Tyrod Taylor in the lawn. <laughs> so it kind of kind of made it sound like that. But no, he was going in for a shot. I don't know if it was an adrenaline shot or or what it was, but uh, it was put in the wrong spot and accidentally punctured his lawn. So just wanted to clarify that a little bit. Didn't want people thinking there's some craziness going down in the NFL. But, you know, I'm surprised. I did not think that Zach Wilson and Mac Jones would be the two best looking quarterbacks in preseason. And they are to me. I don't know about you. I don't know what your thoughts are, but I feel like Trey Lance, Trevor Lawrence, they've underperformed. Justin Fields, he's been around where I think most people would expect a rookie to be. Mac Jones and Zach Wilson, I think, have gone above and beyond their hype and above and beyond what I thought they could be able to do in the first two weeks of preseason. I think Mac Jones especially, but yeah, I pretty much, you know, echo the same sentiments. I think Mac Jones is really um, kind of, you know, stepped up the, like stepped up to the plate and performed because coming into the draft season, you know, there was a points, there's points where he wasn't even a first round pick. Then all of a sudden he was end of the first round pick. And all of a sudden he's just going in the middle of the draft. So it, you know, it, it very well, um, or what should, what should I say? How, I don't know how I got something I want to say. I don't know how, how I want to word this pretty much just like, you know, like it very well could be that Mac Jones ends up being, you know, the best rookie quarterback this season. We thought that he could have been maybe the most, the most ready anyway. So there's a chance that he comes out there and, just, you know, starts off better than anybody else and keeps the momentum going. And I think it's kind of surreal to look at. We've talked about Mac Jones. He is the Patriots style of quarterback. This could be a Tom Brady 2.0 in Bill Belichick's eyes. It's kind of surreal to see him taking these right steps and really becoming a guy that could start for them week one. Like we talked about it. We said this is a great situation for him, but to see it actually play out, to see it come to fruition, kind of a whole nother thing that is kind of blowing my mind a little bit. Yeah. Because you know, at the end of the day, you know, you can have, you know, certain expectations, but how often those expectations truly met for rookie quarterbacks and stuff and rookie players and new quarterbacks coming in, new players coming in just in general, you know, they're, they're not always met. They're, they're not often met usually. So the fact that it was able to be what kind of seems like a smooth enough transition, you know, it is a bit surprising, you know, ha- happy to see it. You know, I want nothing but success. I don't, I'm not rooting against really any NFL player. You know, I want these guys to go out and have as much success as possible. So, you know, it's good for Mac Jones that he's able to kind of, you know, fill in these shoes and have the success that he has set so far. Absolutely. Well, Chase, the last thing I want to talk about, and feel free to bring something up after if you want to, uh, the Lions and the Bengals, they had both very high picks in this recent NFL draft, five and seven. 
And they took two blue chip prospects. They took two of the four best prospects in the whole NFL draft, at least in my mind, with Jamar Chase and Penny Sewell. Well, they have been, through the first two preseason games, they have been graded as the two worst rookies, first-round rookies, through those first two games. So we know that both sat out last year. We know that both are playing football for the first time in a long while, and we can assume that they both kept their bodies in shape during the offseason, and they were working out hard to be ready for the NFL. But game action is a lot different than just a workout. What are your concerns going forward with, I guess, both of these players, but realistically, Penny Sewell specifically, because you are a Lions fan? So I'll talk about both guys because I do have, you know, stakes in both guys. I'll start with Penny Sewell. You know, really for him, coming into the NFL, it was kind of known that he needs to get a little more technical. He wins just based off pure ability and just being better than everybody else. And he still looked like he could be better than most people he's going to go against in the NFL. But he did have to become a little more technical and work on his mechanics. So he's still going to go through that process. Transitioning offensive line is one of the hardest things to do in the NFL. It's not easy because you're all of a sudden going against these just huge dudes in every snap compared to, you know, maybe some smaller tweener type guys in the in, uh, NCAA. So... It's really just working on his mechanics and, and, and the technical abilities. I think he can get there. Um, I'm not too worried about how well or how poorly he plays in the regular season, unless it's just like one of the worst players in the league, then that might be a little concerning. But as long as he can show those signs of promise, which I think he will at some point, uh, and him and he already like he's already looks you know fine on some plays and just other plays, it's just not you know not not quite there yet. So I'm not too worried going forward with Penny Sewell and Jamar Chase. It's really just he's just got to get out of his own head, is is what it seems like it is the case. Usually, wide receiver drops. It's usually something that's mental. Uh, NFL receivers all catch the ball really well for a reason. They're 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 there in the NFL for a reason. So you know that they clearly know how to catch a ball. When you're having drops, you know, like Jerry Drew did last year, it's usually a, a mental process type of thing. So if he can kind of you know calm himself down, just stay true to his ability, don't overthink things. You know, just worry about catching that ball and then take your step afterwards. He'll be just fine. So both these guys, I'm not very worried about. They are elite level prospects for a reason. They're in great situations. They're going to be getting all this opportunity. I'm not worried. I 100% agree with you. And that's why I love the national media is they like to blow things out of the water a little bit, blow things out of proportion. And we see that with these two players. Was it a mistake to take Jamar Chase? Should they have gone in offensive linemen? But the next offensive lineman, the guy you wanted them to take was Penny Sewell. He's not doing well either to start preseason, to start camp. But both are phenomenal players. Both have not touched a football, uh, of course, before preseason. Both have not touched a football in like 500 days or something leading up to camp. So I think that we just need to give them a little bit of time. Like you said, blue chip prospects. Jamar Chase, he's even turned it around this week in camp. Uh, I know he's had some phenomenal days, including one day where he didn't drop a single ball. I agree he's in his own head. And... Speaking of guys that have had drop problems, Jerry Rice, a lot of people's goat, he had terrible drop problems when he was entering into the NFL. So not a lot of concern there. And then one thing with the Lions and Penny Sewell that I love is the offensive line overall is very good. It's a very solid offensive line, headlined by Frank Ragnow and Taylor Decker. Um, Penny Sewell, if he has some struggles, which which we're seeing right now, that's fine because the other parts of the offensive line can help. If one player messes up, then it's not the end of the world. And he's able to look to them as leadership, veteran leadership, and get some get some help there. So 
I think that overall, like you, Chase, not much to worry about here. And both of these guys are going to be looked at for many, many years as premium players in their positions. And something to remember, remember with drops in the NFL, um, like, yeah, they're, they're not great. You want to catch the ball, but they're far from an uncommon type of thing. You know, when you go back and look at, you know, league leaders and drops every year, um, last year was Deontay Johnson. So everyone's like, oh, stay away from Deontay Johnson. Well, he can't catch the ball. It doesn't matter how many targets he gets. Well, it's going to be a, a pro Deontay Johnson type of segment here pretty much. Because you go back to the, the previous year, um, it was Jarvis Landry. Go back to the previous year, it was Julian Edelman. Uh, go back to the previous year, it was Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley tied. So, like, all these elite receivers, you know, they, they get a lot of drops because they get a lot of targets. So, it's bound to happen. You're bound to drop the ball, especially when you're being hyper-targeted. Uh, you know, you might be getting, you know, harder coverage, tighter coverage. So, you know, they're causing more pass breakups and harder catches to just pass or harder passes to catch in general. Excuse me. So, you're going to drop the ball. It's going to happen. It's just about kind of... You know, staying true to the process, keep working on yourself, get out of your head a little bit, and he'll be just fine and dandy. True, but Deontay Johnson, he is actually bad. He can't get you. My God. Okay. Hey, it's just facts. Just facts. Uh, okay, okay, Bengals fan. Also, I love that Big Ben made the Lions look a little silly. It was like, oh my gosh, Big Ben's back. And I don't know what your thoughts were. Obviously, being a Lions fan, you, you want to defend them at all times. But for me, when people were saying, oh, Big Ben's back, I'm like, dude, who's versus the Lions defense? And I don't think... Was it the secondary players that weren't playing or the front seven uh, players that weren't playing? It was a weird mix where, like, the starters in the front seven were playing and the backups in the secondary were playing or vice versa. I think the second, the backup, or the starters in the secondary, excuse me, were playing, I think is what it was. Okay. Yeah, either way, it was a weird put-together defense with some starters, some backups, some third stringers, and Big Ben was going off and people were like, he's back! Big Ben's back. He's he never went away. No, 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 not the case. Yeah, it's no, no, just, just, just no. It's the Lions defense. I can dissect them. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited because I hope the the Steelers get off to like a hot three and zero start, and people are talking them up, and then. You know, the WNP boys will have to come in, swoop in, and give their power rankings and be like, hey, I don't know what it is, but the Steelers team really doesn't feel like the team, and then sure enough, they'll lose like five straight or whatever they did last year. Yeah, that's 100% what's going to happen because the Steelers are trash. All right, well, that's it for this episode, unless you wanted to go into anything else, Chase. Is there any frustrations you have on your mind that you wanted to bring up? Uh, I, don't, I don't really think so. Just, you know, I'd, I'd like our members of our Dynasty League who are listening to you know, respond to the trades more. Just like, you don't have to, if you don't like a trade, I, I don't care. It doesn't matter if it's me or anybody else. I hear other people bitch about this too. Just hit accept, hit decline and move on. Don't just leave it sitting there. Yeah. I don't think about it when you're clearly not going to accept it. Just, just hit decline. That's a call out to Alec too, because in your league chase, I sent him a trade for Carson Wentz about a week and a half ago. And he looked at it on Xbox while we were talking and then he didn't do anything with it. So I just withdrew it the other day. I'm like, okay, well, if nothing's going to happen here, then I'm just going to withdraw it. And speaking of fantasy, we saw Travis Etienne go out. They put him on IR. He's done for the season. I only had three running backs in your league, Chase, and that was Christian McCaffrey, Antonio Gibson, and Travis Etienne. So now I don't have a backup. Yeah, you're 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 in a, you're in a rough spot there, but you'll you'll figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I got a lot of depth and wide receivers and stuff. So if I can just find a trade partner to take advantage of, then that'll be fun, and I'll be able to make that run that I'm hoping for this year. But that is going to do it for this episode. We want to thank you for coming out and giving us a listen. If you would follow us on Twitter at WNP Sports Pod, that's again on 
Twitter at WNP Sports Pod. You can stay up to date with all that we do there, uh, as well as our Instagram and Facebook pages. We have those down in the description for your convenience. Uh, if you're listening on YouTube, if you could please give us a like, comment, subscribe. Let us know your thoughts on the rookie quarterbacks and the rookie situations with Penny Sewell and Jamar Chase down in the comments below, as well as hit the bell to turn on notifications. We'll let you know when we come out with a brand new episode. If you're listening on a podcast platform, if you could please give us a follow and a five-star rating, we would really appreciate that. That's going to do it for the show. We want to thank you for coming out. And as always, we're not professionals.